Ladies, gentlemen, Omnix, and those of you who feel that you don't want to be boxed into any of those categories, welcome to episode 9 of the support class. I took a month off from the podcast to take care of some personal stuff, but we are back now with episode 9, and I am interviewing the Payload Podcast. Now, these guys have been around since like the beginning of Overwatch podcasts. I found these guys before the closed beta, back when there was so little information, it was a drought, and I was hungry, starved for anything I could find. They were a blast to talk to, and possibly the most professional guests I've had on. Not to say that my other guests haven't been, but this was a whole new level that I hadn't seen before. You just, you gotta listen to how polite these guys are. It was seriously great to have these guys on. We talked about why we love Overwatch and Blizzard, why we think this game is going to go on for a while, and just why we think this game was worth having an entire podcast dedicated to it. You'll be able to hear plenty of that in a bit, and we'll get right to it. But I also just wanted to say thanks for listening in, and thank you to those of you who are leaving reviews. In the next episode, we'll be having shout-outs to those of you who leave any review that you feel this podcast deserves. So please, enjoy. As the gaming world teetered on the brink of bland normality, a new hope arose. A unique IP, charged with liberating us from the overused mechanics, Overwatch. Gamers, cosplayers, artists, auditors. Guardians who hope to protect the world against all things AAA, under its steadfast protection, the gaming community may recover. Welcome to episode nine of the support class, and I have on another podcast. You might recognize them from the intro music and outro music that they're so proud of that they play it for an entire two minutes at the end of every episode. Welcome, my guests, John and Kevin of the Payload Podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's our pleasure, Kyle. We're looking forward to chatting with you, and uh, congratulations on your ninth episode. That's got to feel good. Thank you. It does. Uh, just one more on the double digits, but you know, it's just another episode, and um, when I release this one, it'll be the first off second episode that we released since the game actually came out, which is fantastic, but uh, it'll have been a year since I started this, so that's also pretty cool. That is very cool. Right on. Yeah, but we're here to talk about you guys. So, uh, for those who have not been, uh, n- not been gifted with the, the sound of the payload podcast for whatever reason, can you guys tell me a little bit about the show? Absolutely. So, uh, Kevin and I both do a other podcast called Well Met on Hearthstone. That's how we, uh, met, got together, decided to pair up for a, another show and we got into the payload right before blizzcon i think we started that up in august or september yeah it was last fall yeah and so uh the payload is very much designed to be the it's man kevin would you say it's like the every man's podcast but not super super lazy about it <laughs> like that's the only <laughs> that's thing i think like we're just not lazy assessment. about it but you know it's we like to keep it accessible funny we've got some i mean we brought out uh, the chipmunk voices this last week doing reading some um what was it the people who are whining about the being banned 
Yes, exactly. Um, we called it Watch Point Gibraltar, like wah. Mm-hmm. And so it was uh, It was a lot of fun. So there's a lot of fun to be had. Yeah, and you Kevin get all just your rolled news. his eyes for those of you who didn't catch that. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. Thanks for oh, backing me welcome. up there, man. It was welcome. an almost no, no. audible eye roll. Almost, yeah. That's, I'm muted for that. But no, it. we've had a lot of fun. And when we started Well Met, uh, I had come forward from Well Met's predecessor show, the Hearth Pro Show, which was this very kind of like heavily produced serious thing about hearthstone back in hearthstone's earliest days and a couple people who worked on it actually went on to work for blizzard which was part of why it died (laughs) so we we decided to sort of rebrand it best reason though for it to go under though absolutely yeah for sure so we rebranded it rebooted it uh got john involved and working with him was a lot of fun so when he came to me with this idea for the payload i was on board right away because overwatch is probably one of the coolest things that's happened to the the shooter genre in i mean since the last time i looked at it in any seriousness which is 15 years ago right (laughs) and yeah we decided that with this show we really wanted to just dial everything down a notch have a little more fun relax talk about the game in a way that speaks to people who are playing it to enjoy it as opposed to the sort of like structured formulaic things we've done with well met where we care a little bit more about the format being consistent and trying to really educate our listeners. The payload is something that I think is more of an entertainment show. And we've really, I think been trying to strive to get that across to people that, yeah, we're not here to teach you how to be the best overwatch player on the planet. We're here to talk about the game, get you excited about it, keep you up to speed on some things you might've missed and generally just have a few laughs. As a a great explanation and kind of goes right into the first question I wanted to ask, which was like, how would you guys find out about Overwatch? Obviously, since you've done uh, Well Met, you've um, done other Blizzard stuff before. So I imagine just watching BlizzCon, or how'd you find out? Go ahead, John. Uh, these these people at BlizzPro are the hugest Blizzard fanboys and fangirls and fan nerds that it's it's pretty insane how much they know about and love blizzard even today i think i've been in a conversation with 10 different people around four different games like each of them four different games like they're just huge giant fans of blizzard so basically as soon as something hits they're on it and they are they're the people who are communicating to the rest of us that uh stuff is going on in blizzard kevin writes professionally and you know podcasts and it's been on like real grown-up radio so it's uh kevin's like a a person who is actually getting the info straight from the source and communicating it out to the things that people like me would then cite in my articles if i were writing so uh we basically learned from the hardcore nerdiness of BlizzPro, having guys like Kevin, JR, and Jimmy there with us. Which, yeah, uh, I, that reminds me, uh, Jimmy is your third host. And, yeah, he couldn't um, be with us tonight. Which is unfortunate, but understandable. Life goes on. Um, but he recently, was it him who recently like hosted a Hearthstone event? Uh, he, he no, did do. he's... I mean, he's done a couple. He's more known for working on ESL's Heroes of the Storm broadcasts. Ah, that's been okay. where he's been sort of uh, seen lately. But yeah, he I did mean, his own fireside gathering a couple months ago too. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. So not that yeah, recently, no. but. <laughs> 
Yeah, but the, the history with Blizzard thing is funny, right? Because for me, it's like like John said. I mean, I my first Blizzard game was the original Warcraft Orcs and Humans back in the early 90s. Uh, I own and have played every Blizzard game that's come out since then. Um, I've got... I don't want to know how many hours invested into all the different games and all the different scenes. Uh, in recent memory, a lot of it has been stuff that's been heavily Hearthstone influenced because I did get uh, involved in... I was actually hired to work on the Hearthstone Championship Tour by Blizzard. Uh, I worked on the broadcast team for the America's Winter Preliminary. And yeah, so it naturally flowed from that that I've been to BlizzCon several times. This year will be my fifth. Uh, I was nice. there when they announced Overwatch. We'd been talking about what they were going to announce that year for months in the lead up to it. Uh, I was in on the beta on the first day when it, or alpha, was it an alpha or a beta originally? Uh, in October out? of last year? Yeah. That was a Technically close it beta. was an alpha. Oh, closed beta. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The alpha I, was for, like only internal, internal, no media about it whatsoever. Yeah. But so the, the closed beta I was in day one, uh, you know, got an email ahead of time asking me how to, which account I wanted to access on. Like <laughs> I take my nice. Blizzard stuff very seriously. Very cool. I was in on day three. There you nice. go. Which is funny because I, someone said like, I think I'll be able to get you in in the closed beta in the one of the upcoming waves. And I was like, okay, so like, ten days. Nope, day three. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, we were in pretty early. Yeah. I think. Which was great because it made a huge difference to being able to talk about the game and do the show back last fall. Uh, you know, even even just being able to log in and poke around a little bit so you had some sense of the maps and the characters when you were talking about them, world of difference. But I mean, like, you guys were even doing episodes before that, like, at least a handful, right? Yeah, technically we did start ahead of the launch of the closed beta. We started talking about the game after it was announced, Mm -hmm. uh, but we didn't really get into the nitty-gritty of what was going on until the beta was available. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I think we... I think we hit episode three when the game went into playable form. Um, and so we just wanted to kind of have something ramping up to it. And then as soon as it hit, boom, we already had a few episodes under our belts. Worked yeah. out of the kinks and hopefully just had a workable, workable show. Yeah. And to give people some context for that number, like we're what, 34 episodes deep now. And we tomorrow's didn't, 35. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't record every week in the fall either. We sort of went to a biweekly model for a while there because during the beta, there wasn't as much news as there is now. Mm-hmm. Especially with like in the holidays, there was just that silence, super massive lull. And then the beta was down for a month, mm-hmm. just went away. <laughs> yeah. Um, short kind of a uh, off topic branch off a little bit the way i found you guys was uh before the beta came out and there was just like speculation the preview videos the gameplay previews i was just hungry for anything overwatch so i i found a bunch of youtubers like uh tactical koala uh one amongst many and i just went into itunes because i walk around in new york i have plenty of time to listen to podcasts so I just put went into iTunes. I searched Overwatch, and uh, there was the Overcast. There was um, the Overwatchers, the one Overwatchers, with the, yep, yeah, with Patrick and uh, Garrett, and the Payload Podcast. So then there was Reaper Radio, but unfortunately they had shut down by the time I found them. But um, yep, also Blizz Pro guys. I don't know that one actually. Yeah, 
I think oh. it was the the guys they they were normally doing Westmark Westmarch Workshop, which is like one of, if not the largest Diablo podcast, and they went into that. They went into it way early, though, like okay. BlizzCon announcement video early, and then they realized we did this way too <laughs> early. There wasn't content for you know months at a time, and so I think they hung it up. And I think I don't know what happened. Why they never came back to it once it came back? Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. There was also another one, uh, the Overwatch Initiative, and they uh, coincidentally, right at the holidays, also shut down. Just. Kind of came yeah, that one was on my the, favorite. That was a good one. Yeah, I had them on um, episode like three, so they were a lot it's of tough, fun. Though, but, like, yeah, it's super hard to sustain. Sometimes we we've gone through the lulls, like with Well Met. Even when we started doing that, there was the initial the initial shows were right around the time that Black Rock Mountain came out, and then we sort of we've gotten used to when you hit those those periods where there's not a whole lot to talk about, you still just. You find a way to muscle through for, you know, love of the game, love of doing the show. Uh, but when we first got started, there were times where it was like, man, I, I I at one point volunteered to back out of the payload. I just said, there's not much to talk about, and I'm not a, a, an Overwatch expert by any stretch. Uh, you know, and if you guys want to bring somebody in who's better at this or smarter than me, then feel free. We couldn't find anyone, so he stayed. <laughs> um, now, when you... Do you mean like you were offering to back out permanently or just like yeah temporarily we, uh no we like the show we went to the bi-weekly model for a while we tried a few things but i i said like yeah you know what you can probably find somebody who's got more to say about this game than me i feel like i'm just stretched too thin because it was tough for a while though there just wasn't a lot to talk about and every week felt like your show got five minutes shorter and you listened to it afterwards and went god what what are we doing? But now, now you know the work paid off, and it feels really good to go back and and talk to people. I have a laundry list of people that have messaged me. They want to play Overwatch on Xbox with me, like, and they're all fans of the show. People I've never met, never heard from any other time that DM me on Twitter said, "Hey, love the episode. You said you needed some people to play with on Xbox. Hit me up." Which is cool to me that there's this enormous audience of people out there trying to learn about the game, trying to listen to people talk about the game, watch videos about the game, and then reach out as well with almost overwhelmingly positive things to say. And we had too. we, it was kind of those things where everyone was trying to get to the, the overwatch punch early. Yeah, and it yeah. happens with every game where after that initial launch hype dies down, like the content community sheds a lot of water weight. A lot of people who, you know, either don't have the endurance to make it through tough weeks or just lose the passion about it. And what you're seeing now is a lot of the people who have stayed through that um, and, and have kind of eaten up, you know, the people who want to watch and listen to Overwatch stuff. And um, so that was really interesting to watch. It was a really interesting couple of months because we were all right there. It was like this, this is kind of awkward. There's not a lot of yeah. great stuff to talk about. And there's and 17 shows covering it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's doing it. And yeah, it was, it was a really interesting time for sure. Do you feel that since you are an Overwatch podcast that do you ever feel limited? Like there are shows that talk about video game in general that could talk about Overwatch, but you guys are stuck on overwatch is that ever intimidating I mean, 
there's there's pros and cons to having a very specialized type show. Uh, Blizzard is a very unique community in which very few other game developers have such a dedicated community. And when you look at podcasts and you look at the top 100 games and podcasts, you have like one or two destiny ones, which is Activision, but the, you know, the main bunch of non like non game specific podcasts are about blizzard video games. So you've got that passionate uh, viewer base or listener base and you're right. There will be big companies like um, the, the you know Rooster Teeth and those guys who will always have you know these huge followings and they can just talk about games and do that. But at the end of the day, uh, Blizzard fans are very passionate people and they want to hear about their games a lot. And um, in that sense, you know, not really. I mean, Scott Johnson makes. Most of his living, one of the most prolific podcasters in the world talking about Blizzard games. And so there's definitely a huge community surrounding that. And I think that um, a lot of people even prefer that, too. You know, you unless you have a huge following or get a huge, huge backer like an IGN or a Game Breaker TV. If you try to be too broad, you actually just get lost in the sea of everybody else who's doing it, who's got those big sponsors, those big back backers, those really high production quality, sitting in a studio, mm-hmm. separate audio engineer type people. So uh, you're always going to run into you know those limiting factors, but at the same time, I think something we've learned with Well Met is that. Uh, the video Blizzard game fans are very passionate and really prefer to just hear about the games that they want to hear about. Yeah, I think all I would add, right, is that Blizzard, Activision Blizzard, is the single largest independently owned game company in the world, right? They're not a uh, owned by a larger parent company. It's just Activision is just this big, enormous thing. And Blizzard itself, like just Blizzard, has at this point, I think, three of their games in the top 10 Twitch titles by month on a regular basis. And that number has actually been higher depending on how well Heroes of the Storm or StarCraft does at any given time. So truthfully, I think you're talking about a company that has big games that have really great casual appeal. They've got a really well-developed ecosystem for like more more talented people to play at a professional or semi-professional level they're they're games that do they build communities and so with overwatch we've been very privileged that we had some experience with what working through that looks like knowing how to get a decent community started knowing that we had an existing fan base that would come over and try it because they'd already listened to well met or or seen some of the other things we'd worked on and yeah we do we really focus on either talking to people about what's going on in the overwatch community or on the flip side, going the extra mile sometimes to come up with something of our own to say to the Overwatch community and and building out our own segments and our own ideas. And there's enough, I think, about any given game that has that large of a community, that competitive of a professional scene, that there's going to be something worth discussing all the time. I think it also helps, too, that 
as much as there's a temptation to do the generic and we're going to cover all the Blizzard games or we're just going to have a gaming podcast and talk about everything, you often will lose audience who don't have a specific interest in all of the things you're talking about. Whereas we have, in some ways, the benefit of knowing that anybody who comes to the show is there to listen to us talk about Overwatch. So it's not like they come in and, and they get the 20 minutes they really wanted to hear about No Man's Sky and then us babbling about Overwatch for half an hour. They just know exactly what they're going to get from the get-go. That's a decent point. Um, I had a, a, a spurt where I was really into the idea of Titanfall and I tried to find like podcasts talking about it, but all I could find were episodes of, uh, of shows that just that episode featured Titanfall. And, and then every... they never talk about it again, yeah. Yeah, but also, even worse, a few of them, they just like were like, oh, people are talking about Titanfall. What do you think of Titanfall? Quip, quip, done. <laughs> like, right. someone tried to make some comparison to animatronics, and it, it, the joke just fell flat, and it was just like, nope, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I mean, even right now, if you look at the the top list of iTunes in the top 10, there are two podcasts who are all around. I think one's Polygon and another, I can't remember who the other one is, who they're on the top 10 Overwatch podcast list in iTunes because they did like two or three episodes about Overwatch and then they go about and do their other ones. So, I mean, that's even that's even the case right now with Overwatch. Yeah. So, uh, you guys kind of touched upon it a bit, but, like, Blizzard makes games that, like, last. That's kind of the, the great thing about this and why, um, as much as, you know, I do ask, like, if, if you guys are intimidated by it, I feel like making a podcast about Overwatch is not a dumb move. I mean, like, how long has World of Warcraft been around? How, how much has, like, all of their games have just lasted? The, the one with maybe the shortest lifespan, I guess, would be Diablo. Um, arguably, but, um, so you guys have been in this since like the beginning when they announced it at BlizzCon. Um, I'm getting long winded to ask a simple question. How have you guys seen the community and the game change? How has the scene changed since release day? Good, bad. I think this is. I think this is a really interesting question, and I think we are seeing it in action. When we first sat down and had our first couple uh, podcast planning sessions, which we we do every once in a while, I would say once every month and a half to two months, we all sit down on a Skype call and just kind of do a state of the podcast. And when we were preparing for it, something we all felt pretty passionately is that we didn't want overwatch strategy to be the the key content that we bring long term you mean it like was something meta? that like meta not discussion? necessarily meta i think a little bit more strategy based so think this map attacking um or how to play this hero type things we looked Got at it. that okay. and went it's uh you know you can run out of stuff really fast. People listen to you for that. And then after you run out of that and try to change gears, well, then people don't want to listen to that anymore because that's not why they listen to you. And that's one of the hardest parts about Overwatch as an FPS is it's not like Hearthstone where stuff changes every years, every week. And there's, you know, 40 different variations of different decks and 
tournaments going on and, and, and things that you're always going to have and always going to be able to talk about. Instead, it's very much going to be about the chemistry and content of the host and what they bring on top of bringing valuable and timely segments based on what's going on around the world. And that is, you know, kind of kind of how we took it. And you, you can kind of see it right now where there were some incredible strategy based YouTube channels or podcasts who have kind of you've noticed that struggle and you've seen a little bit. And yeah. it's been really interesting to kind of watch that. And I think um, I don't think that the the Overwatch listening community is is shrinking by any means. It's definitely getting larger but the the idea of an Overwatch strategy show podcast thing, I think people are finally realizing had kind of limited appeal. So we're seeing that shift, I think, is one of the most interesting ones that we're seeing in Overwatch right now. And I'm sure Kev has some really key thoughts as well. Key thoughts. I mean, okay. I, my, my perception uh, is uh, a little more limited with Overwatch because I don't have the same exposure to the Overwatch community that I maybe have with some of the other Blizzard games. I'm, I think, more in tune with the community in WoW or Hearthstone or Heroes. But in general, my sense of Overwatch is this is one of the most anticipated games that's come out in the last decade. Uh, and above and beyond being heavily anticipated, it's also a game that people sunk a lot of time into. It doesn't have. It had staying power, right? It had staying power, like you said, and in a way that even rivaled a lot of Blizzard's other products. When Diablo three launched, it became the best selling PC game of all time, and then kind of fell off the face of the earth for a few years, right? And there was a, a window there where it wasn't very popular. Overwatch, I don't think, has experienced that drop off. So there's an enormous number of people who are heavily invested in this game. But for me, the thing that I think has been the most noticeable is. There were a lot of people who wanted to play the new thing, right? They wanted to try the new game, regardless of who put it out or what it was. It was just the the new thing that was popular. It had gotten this explosive response on Reddit and elsewhere online. So it was something that everybody was going to try. And then as time has gone on, even in the few short months since the game was officially released, you're starting to see that there's a, a group of people who are focused on being competitive and really want that. And then there's a lot of people for whom this game is an outlet. They play it with their friends. They play it for fun. It's got, to me, a very similar vibe to kind of the way that a lot of people I remember used to play Call of Duty on consoles back, you know, five and ten years ago, where they sat down with their friends, they got together after they got out of college, and they all just played for a few hours. And it's got that kind of just drop in, drop out, this is for fun, play with my friends kind of feel to it. And the community, I think, reflects that. This is not a community of people who are going to get incredibly mad because they're bent out of shape that you picked a hero they don't like. It's a game that people are playing because they enjoy it. It's a good way to blow off steam. It's it's relaxing, I think, in a way, because people see the game as being for fun first and for the people who want it to be for being competitive and trying to get better second. And that's a really... I think a really healthy mentality for people to have about the game in in general, which in turn means that when I go to play it, I'm not stressed out because I'm not expecting to run into the kind of player who gets stressed out, right? And there's a really nice positive feedback loop because it is such a vibrant community of people who just enjoy playing the game. I've had less negative experiences in Overwatch than I've had in probably any other game where you're forced into a team-based situation with a group of people that you can't choose for yourself. And I think that says a lot. 
because there's still going to be those people. There's going to be people who have a bad day or people who that's how they get their jollies is being mean to other people in games, whatever, however that makes the world turn for you. Stop doing it. Find a better outlet. But and I think it's a really great game in that respect because people just want to go and enjoy it, have fun with it. They identify with the character design, which is really good. The the world building element that they've done to make this the community kind of rally around the the concept of what Overwatch is. All all of that brings together a group of people that I'm really really proud to be a part of. I think one of the most brilliant things that Blizzard has done about this is made a game that there are a lot of moments you can feel victory aside from just did you win or lose. Because I had an evening recently where I had been playing for two hours and at the end of the game and the experience bonuses, I noticed that I got the bonus for the first win of the day. And I hadn't thought about it for two hours I'd been losing. Because up until that point, I just had fun. I had a hilarious moment where, like, I set up a Graviton Surge, and then a Dragon Strike and a Barrage went off at the same time. I had a hel- an awesome moment where I had a Lucio um, Sound Barrier, I almost called it Bro Shield because I'm so used to just calling it that, pop in at just the right time and save my team. I didn't realize that I hadn't been actually winning any of those matches, and that's where this game shines compared to Call of Duty, where even Halo 5 has kind of fallen to this. I was a huge Halo fan, and then in Halo 5 they have, um, when the, when, uh, when the game is over, the winning team has this time where they just stand heroically, kind of staring off into the distance, just like thinking about how cool they are. And it's really kind of annoying for the losing team to just be like, and here are the people who beat you. Look at how awesome they are. You must suck. And it just, it leaves you feeling bad if you lost and good if you won, but there aren't very many success moments in the game, which is why I think Overwatch is much better for picking up compared to like, oh, I'm not good at shooters. Oh, then you're going to hate this game. No, you'll find something you like. Yeah, I mean, the, the flow of the game, right, the way it works, it, to me, has always felt like when you get to the end of the game, there's not a big scoreboard. It's not a game where you feel yeah. like you've been losing the whole time and then you get annihilated. The game is always about how far did I go? How close to the objective did we get? It's a game that plays in inches, not in miles, right? And so That's instead of it, it being, yeah, instead of it being a game like, I mean, even other, again, other Blizzard games, when I play Heroes of the Storm, I know when I'm losing and I'm mad about it and I don't get to feel like I make a difference unless I turn around and get to a point where I know that I'm winning. And that position, that that am I ahead or behind, is something you're acutely aware of the whole time. In Overwatch, I, like, I don't know what it is about this game. I honestly can't put a finger on it. But if I were to take a pulse of the average person and how they play this game, they're not sitting there rattled by my team is losing. Because until the game timer runs out and you either won or didn't win based on coin flips or whatever else... You just play. You just play and you try to set up those little moments where you feel great, where you pull off a really clever flank or you cap a point or you do something that just makes you feel like you contributed in some way. And at no point is the game so overwhelmingly difficult or disproportionately unfair in how the teams are matched up or the power level of the characters that you don't get to feel like you're doing something that matters, even when a game is a total blowout, right? Even when you never actually capture the very first point on Hollywood. I hate that more than anything. (laughs) It still feels the whole time like you're battling for it and you're working towards it and you're not 
never getting out of your spawning point. You're never getting totally steamrolled. You're never dealing damage to your opponent. Like, you're always involved in the game. And it does. It just lets you kind of turn off the part of your brain that's mean and crappy to you that makes you feel like you're going to just sit there and lose. I think another big part of just what's led to like that kind of success is all the stuff that you've got with overwatch outside of the game. We have a lot of people who send us emails and talk to us in Twitch chat or in our discord channel who don't even really play the game that much, but they just love the world. They love the shorts. They love the art and whether you're playing the game and you need to take a break or, you know, and so you just go and you consume this content or you can't play the game. So what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to read the, the comics again or I'm going to go watch the shorts again. I have more Overwatch t-shirts than I think I have any other type of clothing themed <laughs> stuff. Like I have like, I think, seven or eight t-shirts now. Because I think the the world is so cool. And I think that's something that Blizzard has also done really well. We've always talked about this kind of being their first true multimedia IP that is so cross-functional and done so well that the game ends up being a, a big chunk of it. But I don't, I don't even know, maybe half of it. And then there's all this stuff outside of the game. So... You, Basically, anybody has something that they can enjoy at any time. Yeah, I, I can't help but feel like what Blizzard is doing with the character design and the world design for Overwatch, the accessibility of it, the fact that it's going to represent so many cultures, so many different kinds of people. I, like, the easiest anecdote I can think of is my parents went and saw the Warcraft movie. And if you had asked me a year ago if my parents would go watch the Warcraft movie by themselves, like no one dragged them, they just went to see it of their own volition, Didn't I would have said, <laughs> not a hope, like no way, it's never going to happen. But they went and they enjoyed it and they came out of it with some questions and some thoughts because that's really the only exposure they've had to Warcraft as a franchise since my sister and I were playing Orcs and Humans, you know, back in the 90s, right? Well, flash forward to present, I guarantee you that an Overwatch movie or an Overwatch uh, book or whatever would be a powerful piece of media that would attract this whole other demographic because Blizzard's execution of this story is so good. It's so interesting. I'm more invested in the story of Overwatch than I've ever been in any other Blizzard franchise story. And, I, I mean, I've got my whole life logged away into Battle.net. Like, I can't even describe to you the amount of time I've spent playing these games. And I know more and about money. Overwatch. Oh, don't start. <laughs> I know more about Overwatch lore than I ever knew or cared about WoW lore or Diablo lore or StarCraft's backstory. I This game has the most compelling story for a game that has no storyline when you actually log in and play it of anything I've ever, ever experienced. I think it's something well, it about just, like, you find it. Like, when you're taught history in school, you're like... Oh, I gotta learn this. This is boring. But then if, like, Skyrim just happens to be like, oh, you just happen to find this book which explains what the Duva King is. I mean, if you want to read it, you can, I guess. And and you're invested in it because it's your choice. I think something that's really exciting, too, is that we're in on the ground floor. If I wanted to get into Warcraft lore, like oh, they, yeah. they just came You're out twenty with, years behind, right? Yeah, it's twenty years <laughs> yeah. of catch up. They're finally coming out with those cool 
those cool books. I forget what they called, but they just came out with like the first one in like March. Um, I got anyways. Oh, like and, the Chronicle or whatever. Yeah, yeah, had all exactly. The, like, Warcraft Chronicle. Yeah. You know, where it's finally like the Silmarillion of the Warcraft lore. But if I want to get caught up on, you know, Warcraft or Diablo, I literally have 20, 25, 30 years, it feels like, worth of stuff to get caught up on. Whereas we did a, a lore episode, um, like, I don't know, probably like four or five months ago. And we probably could have pulled up all of the official lore um, on, you know, just like Google tabs and just have kind of all of that there. And that's everything you have to reference. And like, that's really excited. And like in 15, 20 years after we have all this new world and lore, it'll be the kind of the same thing again. But like the lore has been amazing and it's, it's a huge draw. If you take the stories away from those characters and just hand me a game, it's a fun game. But uh, Kyle, to your point, it's, kind of Titanfall-ish. Uh, it's, it's great gameplay, but in the end, what's the staying power to keep me playing that game? And the world truly does that. The, the world and wanting to play. I mean, Soldier 76 is still to this day my favorite hero. Wanting to sit down and play some Soldier 76 is really fun for me and something that I it, his story is amazing and the the whole Jack Morrison Gabriel Reyes feud and and all those different things have been so fun and without that like you lose a huge part of what is making Overwatch successful. There was a game called Battleborn that has disappeared, but for a, a while people were like, "Oh, it's going to be Battleborn versus Overwatch," and like, what makes them so different? What makes them so the same? And I think the fact that three months after release, only one of which is still talked about, says a lot. Because Battleborn was had interesting characters, but I watched a trailer and I just said, oh, it's a bunch of people like who are just like, I'm so cool that I didn't care about them. Meanwhile, I watched the Overwatch trailer with no intention of getting into a new game and got hooked. Because there was a socially awkward gorilla from the moon with glasses that he cared about for some reason. And this time-traveling quirky girl with a British accent and a purple lady and a guy who was kind of a ghost. But by the end of it, there's a personality and a story. And I'm, I mean, who knows? Maybe in, yeah, 10 years we'll be celebrating the 10-year anniversary of Overwatch and it'll have a hundred characters and maybe it'll be an MMORPG and a, animated series on netflix who knows but well and overwatch's success has been pretty unprecedented by even any measure i was just on reddit today and it's not unusual to see an overwatch post hit like the front page or something like that but league of legends which is kind of widely seen as maybe besides like minecraft is one of the most popular video games in the world their subreddit has eight hundred and thirty-six thousand people signed up to it and that's a game kev you can correct me but isn't that uh, like 2011 2012 when that came yeah, out right five, there so five years yeah, yeah. overwatch already is at five hundred and thirty-six thousand, and just two months ago they were at three hundred and fifty thousand. like that's just insane with the amount of traction 
it gets and you can't have a very narrow player base to get that and so that's i think a, a really huge testament to kind of the the success of overwatch this far as well and I mean, it's kind a factor of factor that also went into it though to minecraft's credits all of its advertisement was word of mouth and people playing it on streams Meanwhile, I don't think I ever saw Minecraft cups at Taco Bell. Well, okay, but I mean, you have to think, though, that the scope of what Overwatch has accomplished is still, like John says, unprecedented. This is the first game in almost five years, four and change, to upset League of Legends as the most played thing in internet cafes in Korea. Uh, Totally unheard of. Like, it, it, StarCraft was like their national sport got yeah. knocked off by League, and it just stayed that way. And it's been that way for as long as anyone can remember. It's been that way since Twitch became a thing. And now, suddenly, out of the blue, it's Overwatch by a pretty decent margin. Didn't we have a conversation, too? And wasn't initially... People were freaking out because it cleared 25% of League of Legends, and then it ends up going all the way up to be to outplay League of Legends. Like... When people yeah. are celebrating, it's so huge in South Korea that people are like, we're just, you know, if someone can get a quarter of that kind of player base, awesome. That's a huge victory. And then for Overwatch in almost a few weeks to just totally topple that is amazing. Sure. Yeah, and it's it's a game that's it's very cross-cultural. You've got characters that represent people of different nationalities, different backgrounds different body types like everything about this game is designed to say it's the modern game it includes everybody the characters are memorable uh like you said you know making the battleborn comparison i always look back at old school fighting games okay uh if i ask you right now to name me five characters from street fighter everyone can do it everyone can do it but way back when when street fighter was new that was next to impossible it was just oh you know i played the 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 punchy guy, right? Like it just didn't matter to anybody because they had no backstory. There was nothing developed to explain who they are or why I care about them. And as time went on, Capcom went back and said, no, no, no. Okay. There's history between these characters and this is a redemption arc. And this guy is fighting to protect his homeland. This guy is, you know, uh, representing this kind of sketchy evil organization. We don't know enough about there's all these things that make it so that you actually care who these characters are and why you get invested in playing them. Overwatch started the other way around. Before the game came out, before the game was playable for anybody, they went hard on who are these characters and why do you care? And they built a storyline that has way more depth, way more meaning, gets you invested in the characters in a way that I don't think you can make a useful comparison to because I don't think any other game franchise has ever done this. Certainly not a new game, right? Like, it's it's not uncommon to see this with sequels or expansions, but a game that's coming out from scratch where the first time you log in to play it, you already know who all the characters are and why you care about them, that's incredible. And it's going to, I think, establish Overwatch as not just a great game, but a great multimedia property, right? Like John said earlier, this is an opportunity for Blizzard to, you know, like... They made Warcraft, they made World of Warcraft, then all of a sudden they made novels and a movie and a bunch of other stuff. Overwatch isn't going to accidentally stumble its way into a graphic novel. Overwatch was built from the ground up as a a world that's designed to have all of the different ways that you can explore it be a part of that experience. And there's going to be people who know all about Overwatch and never play the game, which I think is incredible. I always joke when I tell people that it's, uh, I call it comic book the video game. Kind of, yeah. 
Like if you if you could just grab any like really well known graphic novel and turn it into a shooter, you know, it's, we're playing uh, V for Vendetta Watch, <laughs> but that's <laughs> that's really what it is, right? That's how it feels. Yeah, a lot of these characters are just tropes that are just kind of played up to eleven, but it it's so well done. You know, Reaper is every form of just a, you know the stereotypical badass. He wears black leather as barrel double barrel shotguns that he doesn't even reload he just throws them away like he doesn't care and says a bunch of edgy things and if you 14 year old me would have loved him oh exactly (laughs) but like if you half-assed it if you apologized for his character he wouldn't have stuck but the fact that he is so unapologetically stereotypically just the angel of death he's great you know, like Amanda, Amanda Ziegler or Angela Ziegler. Like it's, oh, her first name is Angel. She's the angel of mercy. She's from Swiss, Switzerland. It's just all the like, it's so stereotypical, but it, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard not to love them. And I think they also made them very, there's enough kind of cool things about the characters that we've saw way more response to Overwatch from the community in terms of fan art, in terms of, you know, people's versions of characters, in terms of cosplay. There's more more that's been done with this game in a tiny short window that it's been a known thing since last November than really, I, I, I like, I can't think of another game ever in the history of PC gaming that had a response this enormous. Yeah. And again, just to make it very clear, certainly not for a brand new franchise. Like, yes, I watched the collective world lose its mind when, like, a new Star Wars game comes out or something. But we're talking about something that there's literally nothing known about this. No one knew anything other than it's a Blizzard title, which means it'll be good. The game will be good. It won't be great. It won't be amazing, but it'll be good. You know, it's enough to give everybody a reason to give it a first pass or try the demo or whatever. However that works in the modern gaming world. It, but it stuck the landing in a big way. Yes, for sure. Huge scores across the board. Um, yeah. Nice Olympics reference, right? That's I feel good about that. Yeah. And for something that introduced itself in the form of a Pixar trailer, of yeah. all things. <laughs> the uh, Blizzard Pixar video game shooter. Yeah. Toy Story Watch. <laughs> I like it. Um I was so excited about it. I was uh, talking to my dad about it because I had done a family trip at, at a point near that. And I was talking about all these superhero characters. And uh, then I came across McCree. And I'm like, oh, and he's just like kind of just the stereotypical cowboy, but with a little bit of future tech. And he goes, oh, uh, so he has a gun. And I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess they all do. I mean, it is a shooter. And so he goes, oh, they're oh, they're killing each other. Like, I, <laughs> I had been talking about this for, like, at least a half hour, and I never even mentioned that part, but it unfortunately quickly died after that. But, um, actually, now I have to ask this. So, you guys have been running a podcast now for almost 35 episodes now, uh, which also, congratulations on that. Thank, Thank you. you. How has it been um, talking to other people about it? Uh, have you come across a bunch of people who... Uh, you, you meet them as total strangers and they find out about Overwatch and you connect on that or is it hard to explain to people? It's honestly, for most people, unless I know that they're they're gamers, I don't even tell them it's a video game to, to start. I go, hey, watch watch this digital short or, you know, hey, watch 
check out this comic book. Like my artist friends uh, that I work with, uh, uh, like check out these these comic books, and they're like, "Whoa, that's amazing!" Like, yeah, you can play as that character. Just you know, drop sixty bucks and buy a gaming computer, and you can do that. So, it's that's um, an interesting tactic. I might use that. My girlfriend spent $600 on an Xbox, the game, and headphones because of the shorts and trailers and comic books. That's that's the only reason why. If those didn't exist, she never would have touched Overwatch. I can guarantee that. Kevin? Yeah, I, I would say the experience has been good. I mean, I'm so deep in it at this point, right? Like... I, I'm my day job is working for an esports agency. I I my whole life revolves around video games at this point. Uh in some capacity, right? And most of my good friends are people who are right there with me, you know, and the people I talk to online, all already heavily invested. The people I know out in the real world, friends and family that I would go, you know, hang out and get pizza with right now, they know. They know what it is, they know what it's about. It's uh it's not something that's a conversation starter because everybody's had the chance to kind of explore it themselves. Um, but I mean, I, to, to put it in a better context, I guess, much like when we started doing WellNet, after we started doing the payload, I was blown away at the fact that, like, I, I started recording the show and it's just a little thing I'm doing on the side. It's, you know, it's a project I care about a lot, but it's not my whole life. And then I'm in a Facebook group for people uh, in kind of our local area up here in Canada that play the game. And people are like, hey, wait a minute. Are you the guy from the payload? And I'm like, huh, that's awesome. how do you know what the payload is? I didn't tell you. <laughs> and you just, it's its crazy to me to think that the game is big enough and the world is big enough that I just go about my life on a day-to-day basis. And then when I circle back to people who care about games, they know what it is. They know who's involved in those communities. They care about it just as much as I do, just from a different perspective. I got stopped more times at blizzcons and at events to be like hey i know you you're whatever and i that's such an odd sensation and i love it because it means that there's a whole bunch of people out there like me that care just as much about this game and the community around it and that's i think that's what's awesome is is that yeah for every person i talk to who's like ah it's a video game video games are dumb go outside play badminton or whatever there's another person who's like holy cow that's so cool you do a podcast can I listen to it? How do I do that? Like, and that's that level of excitement is something that I think this game in particular has bred in a whole new generation of people who weren't invested in Blizzard or shooters or gaming at all until this point in time. Now, I also just have to point out um, we are getting to uh, actually pretty late in the hour. <laughs> um, but before we even like get close to wrapping up, I have to point out it definitely shows that you guys have done uh, a very formal podcast before because not to say that my other guests have been like we've been tripping over each other but you guys are very polite and like I'll, I'll speak and then I'll clearly stop I'll, I'll even like open it up toss the ball softly to like Kevin what do you think <laughs> like I think John has something to say about this you guys are very polite about this and uh, have very precise thoughts we're very we've been very professional for this hour it's my delicate Canadian sensibilities. Also, yes, I mean, for better or for worse, I talk to John more than I talk to my mom. Like, we're we're getting pretty pretty okay at this, I hope. Oh, for sure. We can go off the leash if you want. If you want, if you don't, want us no, off the don't leash talk here. To him. Don't encourage that. I mean, it 
it gets really it gets really bad Feisty. really quick. Feisty. I mean, to be honest, it's it's kind of like I want you guys on the show because it's um a chance for people to kind of get to to know you guys. And we've done a lot of talking about like why we love this game and I think it's apparent that we love this game, but I think I kind of want to get into what makes you guys tick? What made you think like I really like this thing? What can I do to express my liking of this thing? Like some people do artists, some artists are drawers, animators, but you guys said like a podcast. That is how I express my Blizzard love for Overwatch. Yeah. So okay, I think I, I should probably take this one first then because I I get the unique perspective of writing the show notes and, you know, designing what the video is going to look like and ultimately deciding on, you know, the flow of what our podcasts are going to entail and, and where they're going uh, to, to go. And it's it's something that, you know, well met was something that was inherited it, for all intents and purposes, it was something it, there was already people who were subscribed to the feed. And as long as we made a show that didn't just absolutely suck, <laughs> there would be people who listened to it. And we basically already had a leg, a, a leg up. This is a brand new chance to start something new. And when I was doing some research on, uh, you know, the, the podcast aspect of overwatch, if you looked out and I, Reached out to Garrett Weinzerl, uh, who does the Angry Chicken. That's how I know him. But, you know, started doing Overwatchers. Uh, reached out to um, uh, Chris Chanman as well and oh, just yeah. kind of got their thoughts as they were kind of, you know, going into it as well. And, and a lot of us, we thought that, like, we were just like, we think that there's a lot more to be said about the game than there currently is out there. And, we, uh, you hit on something that's kind of funny in that, um, well, Kevin and Jimmy and I are pretty goofy guys. We don't like talking for the sake of talking like we believe in. If we have something to say, we'll say it. If something's actually funny, we'll laugh. There's so many times where I want a little audio blurb that says, Kevin smiles as if he's ready to laugh, but not quite yet, because that happens all the time between Kevin and Jimmy and I were, we're not belly chucklers. And, but we felt that there was a lot more to stay, uh, say about the game. And I think when it comes down to it, the payload is really about, we want the payload to be a show that encompasses everything you need to know, but breaks out of the kind of, news esports kind of thing and just makes it a conversation and i'm going to announce this now i actually don't have the clearance to yet but we've got a new host coming on the show um we're, we're adding a fourth uh her name's rosh she's plays for fade to karma and she she's uh, guest a couple episodes right exactly and brought just a great perspective something that i think we all felt that we were just kind of missing and it, it just clicked really well. And that's just something that we, we we've been seeing with overwatch podcasts. And, and we talked about it earlier where you're starting to see, you're starting to see some people quit, honestly. Uh, and I think I've seen four podcasts drop out in the last month um, yeah. and their shows hang them up. 
And not because there's not people listening to them, but because they're burnt out. They aren't happy with how their shows are doing. Talking about Overwatch is really difficult. It's not the it, it's it's not it's not easy to make weekly content for a first person shooter game without a story mode. And you have to think way outside of the box to do that. And um, when, when I sat down with Garrett and Chris, that was a long conversation that we had had about what do we think that Overwatch podcasts are eventually going to be. And let's hit that marker when we get, you know, from the get go and, you know, try to get to where the ball is before it's going to get there versus start now and try to navigate and find our way through exhaust a bunch of content that people are going to come for and expect from you. And then when you try to change that, they're going to be upset and they're going to not like ultimately just be really honest with what your vision for the show is. Obviously it's going to adapt and iterate, but the heart and soul of the show should be there. And that's what we did from the first week. And it's, Honestly, I think right now, more than ever, the show's had like the most momentum probably since when we when we launched. Yeah, I think all. Oh, sorry. I was going to say all all I would add, because John, I mean, John's the expert. He's the one who had the vision for this show in the first place. But for me, there's two kinds of podcasts, right? I've listened to plenty of podcasts that are sort of like a professional produced thing that are kind of designed to be like a like a short season of a of an audio TV show basically right you're going to listen to something that's designed as consumable content that you'll be a part of for a period of time and then it goes away and it's just like a book you picked up you read and then you put it away you're done with it uh, gaming podcasts and gaming in general really thrives on the idea of communities, right? Since since I started playing video games, I can go all the way back. I can remember being in an online uh, Dark Jedi club when I was a Star Wars fanatic as a kid because it gave you an outlet where you could share that with other people and, and, and explore, uh, you know, the interest alongside of the people who had the same passions that you did. I made my own gaming clans. I founded my own Warcraft guild. And what I've found that what's kept me playing these games, what's kept me making podcasts, what's kept me involved in all of these things is having that community. So with our podcasts, it wasn't maybe that way when we started with WellMet, but with the payload for sure, what I always wanted was to build a place where the Overwatch community would feel like there was somewhere they could go to hang out, talk about the game, have something that they shared with other people. And if all that is, is that once a week for an hour, they get to have somebody else who's got the same interests that they do talking about the game and they can download that every week and enjoy it. I think that's awesome. Like, I think that's something that keeps people invested in the game above and beyond just the game. Cause there's lots of people I know who, I mean, take world of Warcraft, right. As an example, they haven't played in years, but they're still a part of a community that they found from that game. And it, and that's what's important. I know people now because of Hearthstone, because of podcasting that I would never have met, that I would never have interacted with in any other way that are a big part of my life. And I'm really hopeful that I'm giving that back to somebody else. I guess it kind of also depends on how long Overwatch remains in the spotlight, but Blizzard has, again, shown its longevity. But what do you think is next for the for the payload for the Overwatch community for Overwatch in general. Ooh, that's a loaded show for time. So for the payload in general, speculation it's, and crystal ball moment. It's very much uh, stay the course 
Um, for right now, we're we're going into BlizzCon season. We will all be there, and we will actually be a part of some of the festivities. We can't talk about it yet, but we will we will be there, uh, repping the payload very much so. So we're really excited about that. And then yeah, business cards. Business card. Well, last year for Well Met, we had buttons, buttons, which was kind of awesome. Postcards. Yep. We went all out. Yep. So I'm sure we'll have something cool this year as well for Overwatch. I think, man, it, it's really. I, I think we're coming up due on. We'll probably get Sombra, Sombra soon. We'll probably get. A new, I, I have a feeling we're going to get a new map soon. Uh, who knows what else we'll see at BlizzCon. I think the community part, yep. Oh, that's true. That's very true. I think there's something out there already being rumored for that. Um, There's Overwatch is the one that is very, it's, it's so unprecedented, right? We don't know what Overwatch content releases are really going to look like, except for what Blizzard has already shown us. Blizzard has been really aggressive with the content that they've released for Overwatch so far. We're getting another digital short um, about Bastion already, which I didn't know if we would see one. Uh, We've seen two comics recently. saw a new hero. They're already talking about, like, we're into 2017 for development, and they've had this stuff finish for so long. And so... Overwatch, it, it you keep expecting it to like slow down, but it it hasn't, and the team hasn't. The communication from the team, um, there's a really cool website. It's Overstock.io. That's just basically it, you're, you're stocking all the blue posts, so you can see. And Jeff Kaplan is there every morning, Monday through Friday. Always has something to post about on the forums, talking about something, giving people insight into the design philosophies and choices of the game. And it's been it's been a real privilege to kind of be a part of that and be a part of a gaming community where the company cares so much about the game. And you can tell that Jeff Kaplan is maybe one of he's quickly gone to the top of my list for like game devs that I just have total and complete respect for. And, um, I I think we are going to see, I think overwatch will probably keep this course and I'm excited for BlizzCon. I think the real key is about halfway through 2017. What does overwatch look like then, um, to, to really, go is this the 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 10 year game that is world of warcraft that keeps changing or and and iterating or is it starting to slow down and i think uh i think that'll be a really interesting conversation for then yeah i think the the game itself is positioned uniquely because it's the first thing blizzard has done in a very long time with a really massively updated set of tools on an in-house engine so it's a game that has the potential not only to be its own powerful thing but also to spawn some offshoots so obviously they're going to continue to make maps characters content for this game but i think 
there's a, a deeper investment in the technology that drives Overwatch and major reworks coming, I know for a fact, coming to Battle.net to make the experience better for people who are, are really looking to Battle.net to be their Steam Lite experience, to be the, the source of their social gaming experience. I think that's going to be a huge part of it. Um, so the game, I think, will grow at a, at a standard game pace. Blizzard has learned a lot, uh, especially in the last couple of years from Hearthstone, from Heroes of the Storm, about how to monetize, how to iterate, how to have a slow drip feed of content rather than wait two years and then drop a box copy of a massive expansion on us. Like The, the, <laughs> the lessons they've learned have been very valuable. Uh, and what that thankfully translates into for the payload is the slow steady drips of content make it a lot easier for us to continue to talk about the game to be invested in the game to circle back to it every week to do new and exciting things for our listeners and our community and try to keep building the game up from the outside because it's i think way easier to do that and to have an investment in the game when you know that there's always something around the corner right i I tweeted last night actually i was kind of half complaining half not about being a blizzard fan right now uh the month of august with demon hunters coming out legion preparing to drop a new hearthstone expansion the end of the first heroes season the end of the first overwatch season a brand new diablo season it's a lot right and so it's (laughs) it's a tough place to be when all of a sudden it's like there's almost too much and that's that's a beautiful experience to know that the company's working really hard to just keep new things coming, keep the players invested. And for people like us who want to talk about it, who want to build our own content on top of that and need that base layer of whatever's coming from the developers, I, I've never felt more confident that we're going to have the ability to do that, that we're going to have new things to talk about and ways to get our community reinvested back in the game, back in the podcast, back in the people around them that play the game. That's that's a, a safety net that we really would never have had up until the last couple of years with this company or with any game, frankly. Well, with all that content, uh, I think we're going to have to let the listeners get to playing their games and getting on to doing all that research. So we're going to have to nice wrap segue. it up here. Very Thank good. you very much. 10 out of 10. Thank you. I try. <laughs> I was like, I see my opportunity, and I'm going to just snipe it right out of there. Yeah, rip, so, that, rip that parachute. Before we go, uh, I want to give you guys the chance to plug uh, yourself. Uh, anything coming up, you already kind of dropped the... I almost said drop the ball, but drop the bomb? You dropped the news about the new host. So there's that announcement. Exclusive. Uh, exclusive. Yeah. There we go. So, yeah, anything else you guys would like to shout out, announce, or just straight into how can people find you um i don't know kev anything you need to get off your chest talk about for you yeah uh, i mean not a tell ton us a, tell us your deepest fears <laughs> the, the sweet cold embrace of no um i got some cool projects i'm working on on the side right my first piece for vice sports just came out my first article about hearthstone over on bleacher report just came out working on some other stuff in my day job that I'm hoping fingers crossed be able to talk about soon, but we're not there yet. Um, yeah. Uh, if you're not already a fan of uh, the projects that John and I work on, you can find uh, well met on uh, or the payload for that matter over on blizzpro.com uh, or look them up on iTunes. Both shows that come out every week, we record them live, so you can come hang out with us on Twitch while we're recording. Uh, we do that Sunday nights for Well Met at 7 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash blizzpro. Same place for the payload, Thursdays at 7 Pacific. Uh, what did I miss, John? 
Um, for the show, nothing. I think our individual stuff, I think, is next. So I've actually been invited to speak at TwitchCon. So I will be there at the end of September. Uh, our friend, well, Jimmy submitted a panel that got approved. It's called Podcasting on Twitch, Growing Your Podcast Community. And I was asked to be one of the one of the panelists for that. So I'm doing some fundraising. To, thank you. Doing some fundraising to get there. And so um, I'm, st- I'm streaming at Twitch at twitch.tv slash kicked tripod. And I'm also on Twitter at kicked tripod. And yeah. Oh, yeah. And we should have said this, Kevin. We also have a Patreon for the payload now. And so if you go to patreon.com slash payload podcast, uh, we've got a bunch of cool stuff there. We've got some game nights planned. You can even get some game time with uh, Kevin, Jimmy, and I uh, if you look to support. And so that's the way we look to support the show and bring on guests and make sure that the show is sounding wonderful and great and looking wonderful and great. Yeah, that's that's the big stuff. As for myself, uh, above and beyond the work stuff and the writing gigs, uh, I do try to keep everybody up to speed on what's going on on Twitter, whether that's streaming, projects, uh, events I'm going to be attending, that sort of thing. So you can find me on Twitter at Lack of Realism. And I do occasionally stream, not as much as I would like right now, just because life is getting in the way in a bad way. Uh, but when I'm doing it, it's uh, twitch.tv slash TV, Odin with two N's. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep doing these projects. I know, John, I'm looking forward to doing these shows for a long time to come. Uh, hopefully the games continue to be awesome and maybe maybe there'll be more projects in the future. Who knows? Come on. Yes, please. Don't you just hate that when life just gets in the way of your video games and you're like, come on, I got video games to play. Don't make these big life decisions and self changes happening right now. Yep, just ignore, slash ignore, and roll a demon hunter. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all these other things in New York, and all my other friends have stars on their Overwatch ranks. Yeah, not, uh, close. not a chance. Not even close. I think I'm at, like, maybe 40 on PC and lower than that on console. Like, no, not a chance. Oh, yeah, you, you're also split across two platforms. Two platforms, yeah, six games, two podcasts, three jobs. Like, yeah, there's yeah. no way. Jeez. Uh, as for my own stuff, uh, you're listening to The Support Class, which you can find on uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter, all under The Support Class. Uh, you can follow me personally at, at AlphaLance on Twitter. Uh, that's where I just talk about everything on there. And um, to talk about a few other things that I've done since the last episode, uh, whether you found me because of it or haven't seen it yet, uh, I voiced for the leaderboard the 107 facts about Overwatch. So if you want nice. to, thank you. Uh, if you want to go check that out, um, uh, that's on YouTube, and I'm very proud of it. Wrote that whole script myself. Um, actually, have a little over half of a script for a. 107 more facts about Overwatch because there's just so much to talk about. Uh, so check that out. And then what else? Am I... Oh, that was the other thing. If you like artwork and you're looking for other artists to check out or follow on Twitter or Tumblr, I also run a Overwatch community Tumblr page where we share arts and it's all safe for work. 
So you can check it out with someone looking over your shoulder without fear of half-naked heroes. Because I know there's a lot of it. <laughs> and uh, if you happen to be a fan of Rooster Teeth Productions, I have started up a Rooster Teeth Overwatch group. And that's on RT Overwatch on the Rooster Teeth website. And you guys can check it out in the next month. We are going to be trying to run just a fun game night tournament. Just for funsies. Nice. And then if that's popular enough, we're uh, discussing how we could do an Overwatch tournament with an actual prize pool. So, check it out. Join the community while it's still fresh and new. And uh, that's it for me. Anything else you guys thought of while that was going on? I'm just worried about Kevin's screensavers uh, with the not safe for work Overwatch stuff. So <laughs> no, you're not. No, uh, Kyle, it was a real pleasure. Thanks for having us on the show. It was a lot of fun to come and talk to you about kind of our projects and why we do what fun. we're doing. A lot of fun. Yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you guys for listening on here. Uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes. And uh, actually, I should. This is totally unprofessional, but I haven't checked in a while if we have any reviews. Because if so, I said I'd thank them on the show. Do do do. Okay, this is really bad. How do I look at reviews on a browser, or do I have to just go through iTunes? I'm on totally... iTunes US right now, if right. you want it. I'm with you. I'm leaving a five-star review right now. You can well, shout I'll, out I'll to Kick Tripod for that five-star review of the support class. Thank you. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> We're going to edit this out in uh, post-production. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I say um, that every week, and I and never, never get around do. to it. <laughs> never, never, never once. ever get around all, to ah, it. We'll, we'll fix it in post. Never. The, the, the biggest lie I'll ever say is, oh, I'll fix that later. But you'll also never hear the times that you don't. <laughs> are you trying to find the five-star reviews? Or the reviews? Yes. They're, they're not on the U.S. store. Okay. All right. Easy enough, then. Except for the one Sad that I face. left. <laughs> and I appreciate it. <laughs> Alright. That'll be it for episode 9 of the... <laughs> I almost said of the payload. <laughs> the payload! Of the support class. Uh, be sure to check out the payload also on iTunes and all other social media platforms. Thank you guys for being here and goodbye everybody. Bye. Kevin, say goodbye. Bye. There we go.